Episode 14, Tim Beatty, President of Bullen Ultrasonics. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Welcome back to Gut Plus Science. It's Nikki, and today we're going to be talking about the power of training employees on systems. So kudos to U.S. businesses. 96% report that they use some form of a documented process to run their organization, but only 4% of businesses have processes that are measured and managed routinely. So for example, most Everyone has an, as a process to onboard a new employee, but the businesses who consistently measure and improve their onboarding processes see 58% higher retention than their counterparts. Well, today we're going to be learning from one of the greatest systems developers and implementer CEOs that are out there. Um, on today's episode, we are joined by Tim Beatty, the president of Bullen Ultrasonics. As a pastor turned CEO, Tim carries a heart for service into the Bullen organization and is an avid promoter of corporate social responsibility. And Tim is one of the most avid systems developers and implementers out there, truly. Got a really cool, awesome fact about Tim. He and his wife started and run a family foundation that served many causes, from the opioid crisis in their community to anti-trafficking movements in India. Tim has a huge heart and brings that into the organization and to his employees and really sees his work as a mission field, striving to make employees' lives better through efficient business systems that make Bullen Ultrasonics the organized and growing company that it is. Let's welcome Tim to the show, but first we're going to hear from our sponsor and we'll dive right in. Custom Concrete has been creating foundations for the finest homes, commercial buildings, and industrial facilities throughout central Indiana since 1969. Builders, contractors, and homeowners rely on our expertise because so much depends on getting it right. Our knowledge and control of all aspects of the job, from excavation to waterproofing to backfill, means that extra value is built into every project. Codes don't drive our business. Excellence does. See the difference at customconcrete.com. All right, Tim, and welcome to the show today. We're so excited to dive in. And as you know, we have a strong emphasis on learning from people first leaders like you and how you're driving engagement throughout your organization. So first up, let's just get aligned on a definition. How do you define employee engagement? Thanks for having me on, Nikki. I'm uh, super excited to talk about these things. And, and I know you really value this concept of you know, how do you take some of these difficult to measure concepts and try to measure them? And, and Bolin has, has tried to address that as well in, in our company. And, you know, it's, it's like trying to figure out, you know, does your mom love you, right? How do you, how do you know that your mom loves you and how do you measure that? And so one of the things we do, of course, we do, uh, like a lot of companies, we do our annual culture survey, but we, we did it a little bit differently than most companies in, in the sense that we, we got our employees together first and we said, what should we be asking to engage our employees on their level of engagement, their involvement, their commitment to the company, their uh, their concerns? And so they basically told us what to ask. And and they, they thought of questions that I never, ever would have thought of. And that was that was incredibly helpful. So that that alone was just the process. And then we started engaging some of our employees on some of the solutions as we saw some shortfalls in our culture. So, you know, that's one thing. Uh, the second would be more um, maybe subjective is that, you know, I'll, I'll schedule uh, 
a solid hour or two, you know, every week to kind of break away. In fact, I put it right on my schedule that, uh, you know, we have about a hundred employees and we have a, a factory. And so I'll, I'll walk through the factory and just talk. And, you know, it, it could be, you know, hearing concerns that people may have. It may be uh, hearing some positive things that are going on. It could be hearing about their, you know, kid that has cancer or their, their spouse that's uh, wrestling with an illness or, you know, they're, they put in this application for this college degree and they're waiting for that. And I can talk to them and, and hear about those things. And, and probably the last way is, is maybe a pretty obvious thing is, you know, really the performance of the company uh, hinges on the employee engagement. So are you able to tackle those uh, incredibly difficult challenges with creativity and innovation? Um, you don't get creativity and innovation without employee engagement. So what I took away from that was an engaged employee is bringing creativity and innovation and energy and they're communicating. Absolutely. I would totally agree with all of those things. And then you uh, broke down a couple of key methods that you're using. One is a feedback system that your employees have helped to craft. Um, And the other is personal touch time from you as the leader. And I'm I'm assuming other people on your leadership team uh, share in that as well, walking around, having personal conversations and things. Let's unpack just a little bit when it comes to gaining feedback from employees and through some kind of a, a survey tool. Do you have any key best practices that you've learned on how how do people take that? You know, how often are you doing it? Um, any key questions that stand out? You know, one of the, it's, it's somewhat related, not directly related, but we put in, you know, first our core values, you know, which every company has to have is, you know, what does the ideal employee look at, look like? And one of the ways that we did that was we asked the question, which is, if we were to preserve the DNA of our company, what would that DNA look like? And, and for us, that was really four key core values, which was, you know, excellence, humility, integrity, and teamwork. And, and, and fundamentally, the first three are, are a definition of teamwork, you know, which is somebody who, who strives to be excellent, someone who, who brings humility to the workplace, and somebody who has high integrity is, by definition, a good team player. And so it, when we first defined that, then we wanted to really kind of systemize that to really try to bring that employee engagement out. You know, we define that, that employee engagement, then we want to try to bring it out. And so we, we did that through what we call uh, PMD, Performance Management and Development. And uh, we, again, like most things, we do things a little bit differently here. And so, you know, we have our normal um, company goals and objectives that cascade throughout the company. Um, and those are part of the measurement tools. But we also do, uh, again, a, a series of statements that kind of reflect um, the ideal employee. And we're all measured uh, through 360 evaluations on that see how we're performing, which then create a development plan that could be coaching, that could be, uh, you know, various different reading that we may do, it could be training we've got to go to, you know, whatever that needs to be in order to try to achieve those core values. So I know, Tim, that, you know, we've talked before and really we were were prepping for the show and just the theme around you is systems. You have been able to build this business to just great levels because of the systems that you implement. And the show, Gut Plus Science, is all about equipping people first leaders with the best tools and new ideas to grow. So at a, at a high level, before you break these down, what would you say are the, the key or the most winning systems that have been able to be implemented throughout the organization to drive your culture at Bull and Ultrasonics? I guess I'll say something first about systems before I jump into the high level piece of it is, you know, systems really bubble up out of the organization. So I I by no means can't take credit for for systems that have come out. 
these have been things that we've developed as a team, which is, again, a fundamental core value for our work that we do here, is we've identified problems. And then when we identify problems, you know, we try to say, okay, how do we resolve those issues and how do we sustain that solution? So you're not, you're not just putting in a quick fix or a band-aid. You're actually putting in a sustainable system that can propel their organization forward and maintain that you know, issue that you're trying to identify. So some of the key things that we put together, I'll do high level, then we can go back and dig into them where, you know, we've put together a, a swim lanes document that addresses uh, complexity and uh, rapid pace of change. You know, you already heard about our performance ma management and development, which bakes in our core values. Um, we've got regular training on some of the soft skills around, you know, even things like gossip and narratives. We also have just a, a training around what type of leadership we want to have here. That really we put systems into place, training into place that that make that in for us, and a whole host of other things from financial accountability to communication to cascading meetings. Uh, I could go on and on. You know, I I love systems. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start with uh, you said that the systems come from a team effort based on the problems that you identify. So, if you could break that down just a little bit, when it comes to identifying problems, is this you're getting together with your leadership team at a retreat and identifying those? Is this like a weekly, you know, check-in that you're having? Where are you identifying the problems? What would you recommend to our listeners? You know, one of the early things that I, I did was I, I did a lot of research and I, I ran into Patrick Lencioni who wrote uh, Death by Meeting. And it, it sounds like that's a book that talks about trying to eliminate meetings in your company, but it's actually not. It's about cascading or streamlining your meetings so that they're actually functionally important. And so meetings at Bullen are, are pretty important. We have a daily meeting and that daily meeting is, is essentially the, uh, the way in which we're, we're dealing with the daily issues, obviously the things that are popping up machine down, this person called in sick today, you know, what are we going to do? What's the game plan? The weekly meeting is what we call a tactical meeting. It's, it's looking at the tactical issues in our company and it's done in the context of teams. And then uh, we have a monthly meeting that we just actually had yesterday that, that is around, you know, stepping a little bit further away from that. That might be implementing strategy. It might be just for communication purposes. It might be addressing things like we have an upcoming audit, addressing kind of how we're going to approach that. Um, but those are all done in the context of the team. They're all done with the intent of really enhancing communication, believing that really adding that transparency. And we're pretty, we're very transparent here about nearly everything believing that in doing that, we get higher engagement with our employees. Wonderful. So let's break down, when you talked about swim lanes, I know that that is a big concept in your world, and that is something that employees across the board embrace. Can you break down where did that come from and how are you using it? Yeah, really, uh, I'll start with the initial story and then kind of tell the progression of it. So uh, before I was working at Bullen, I actually was an executive director at a, at a Methodist church in D.C., and I went to this training and, and this, this moment, you know how you have these moments sometimes where you just get cemented in your brain for forever. And I was sitting in this training and, and this guy was just incredible. I and mean, he was, topic doesn't really matter, but he was talking about this topic. And, and when it was done, I, I raised my hand and I said, you know, there was, I have people like you in my church that, that work for me. What is it that I can do for you to best help you succeed? And he said, that's easy. He didn't even think about it. He didn't hesitate. He said, uh, show me where my authority ends, where my authority begins, and then empower me in, inside that lane to do my, to do my work. And, and, you know, I, I thought about it. I would, I hate to say that I didn't do much for it towards that concept until 
I read another book, uh, which is called Team of Teams, which is written by General Stanley McChrystal, and it's a fantastic concept. I could talk forever about that one. Uh, and I started thinking with the team, you know, well, how do we address this issue of, you know, rapid pace of change? You know, frequently we're seeing, you know, changes happening so rapidly with our customers and the industries with technology. I mean, you name it. So, you know, how do you manage the chaos, right? Well, you know how I think. I like to think in systems. So our team came up with this idea of swim lanes. And it's a, it's a pretty simple matrix. You could think across the uh, across the columns at the top of the matrix of the individuals in your organization and across the axes on the rows and the spreadsheet, if you will. It's all the different, what we call the big rocks in our organization, the, the things that they need to get done on a regular basis. And it started off with a pretty simple concept. Let's just put an X on who's responsible for it. So as the evolution of this process continued, I, I met a guy who was a retired executive from Procter & Gamble. And and he taught me about this concept called RACI, which I'd never heard of. It's, a, it's an acronym. So R stands for responsible. A stands for approves. C stands for consult. And then I stands for inform. So we actually layered this RACI concept onto the matrix for swim lanes. And so if you can imagine, take, for example, a line goes down or a machine goes down. Who's responsible for that situation? Um, who need, is there an approval that needs to happen? If so who's that person that needs to be approval? You know, to spend the money to get that back up and running. Um, who needs to be consulted? You know, who needs to be, uh, brought into the loop on that? And then I is who needs to be informed. And so from an organizational standpoint, this idea of accountability, of ownership, of collaboration and communication for incredibly important key, key issues to, to a successful culture are baked into this one document. So Tim, when it comes to um, like the swim lanes and the racy process, can you break down to our leaders that are listening and they have great concepts that either they've read in a book or learned from a mentor, how do you implement this across the board? Like what are the key practices to helping your culture to embrace these concepts? How do you start and how do you consistently keep up that effort to get people on board with these programs? You probably have heard this in my answer uh, indirectly is that one of our core values is teamwork. So collaboration is a, is a key part of that. And so any, anytime you want people to be engaged in something, it's important to involve them. So I, I never want to, and, and you could hear the way this got rolled out with swim lanes. It wasn't, you know, me standing up in, with a podium and a microphone and saying from, from now forward, we're going to implement this. It was, it was me sitting with my team first and engaging them on that and then them sitting with their teams and engaging them on that. And finally, all of us. And at one point, literally, it was, it was almost half the company sitting in the room, you know, working through this, making sure we got it right. Because whether it's a culture survey or whether it's a, a swim lane system or performance management system, if you involve them, uh, whoever that is that's going to be involved in the, in the actual process itself, if you involve them in the building of it, then you actually really increase engagement, you increase ownership. It's, it's just a great way to be able to, to roll out those systems. And plus, you're more likely to get it right if you get the right people in the room when you're, when you're building those systems. You know, and that goes right into a question that I wanted to, to ask about when the swim lanes process was being born and through your story, you talked a lot about empowerment of people. Can, can you break that down and just from your perspective, share with us what you think, what is empowerment and, and how do we empower our people? Yeah. Yeah. And in some ways, you know, swim lanes 
document is a, or the system is a, is a great way to, to do that. But part of what I do with every employee when we come in is we teach our leadership model, which has a couple different elements to it. But the, the one that you talked about is empowerment is we, we teach that, you know, here's the way that we view leadership here. And, and I draw kind of a spectrum. And on one side of that spectrum is, is empowerment to the extreme. On the other, on the other side of that spectrum is accountability to the extreme. And, and frequently I'll say you probably have had a boss on either one of those. You know, one you might call kind of lazy and disconnected, which would be empowerment to the extreme. Accountability to the extreme is what you would typically call like a micromanager. And then I draw this like squiggly line in between the two and I say like a, you know, and I tell the story of my daughter who plays cello and uh, when she, you know, strikes that chord just right on that cello, it creates tension on that string. And I said that squiggly line is the tension that we want to have between empowerment um, and accountability. Or you could think about it as maybe like freedom and accountability. So, you know, take take something that a lot of companies deal with, cell phones is a great one. So, you know, you want to empower employees to and give them freedom to be able to have cell phones. But in the same sense, you don't want them to be distractions. Uh, you don't want them to impact productivity. So we found the tension between those two with some of our policies of how do we not create this uh, environment where it's incredibly restrictive, but we give them that freedom to be able to have it. But at the same time, we, we put accountability in that system to make sure that it's not affecting uh, productivity. It's not affecting, uh, it's not becoming a distracting item. Um, and giving them that freedom that, you know, your daughter's sick at school and you need a, you need to get a phone call or you need to be able to send a quick text, quick text to your spouse. Um, so we've, we've tried to wrestle with those things and we call it the tension between those two. When it comes to your development as the leader of Bull and Ultrasonics, what are some, some key things that you found along the way as you're developing as a leader that have really helped to pour into you so that you can continue to bring this great energy to do all the one-on-one time that you do and the, um, you know, the company-wide training that really empowers your people? What do you do to pour into your development? Always a lot of things that are, that are moving there. So, you know, one of the first things that I did when I stepped into this role about four years ago was start an advisory board that I did through, through Aileron, which is a local organization that helps put you in touch with some of the great, uh, you know, people that are interested in helping you out. And I have just this fantastic board of advisors that, that I meet with twice a year and I'm bringing the strategic issues to them. Um, I'm bringing cultural issues to them. I'm bringing financial issues to them. They, uh, as they like to say, they work for me, right? So they, they're paid to be there to give me advice, to give me the honest truth. And I think every executive really needs that. You know, some outside source, they don't really, they may not even be in the industry, but they can speak those hard truths to me. They, they have that relationship that's been built up. I meet about every two weeks with a coach and knowing that I, just like I expect my team to be able to do, we've got to continue to grow and to develop. So I'm identifying the weaknesses that I have as a leader and working directly with that coach to address those issues. And I'm, I'm always reading. And so I, you know, I spend about two hours a, a day in the car through traveling. So I'm always listening to leadership podcasts like this one and uh, listening to lots of great audio books of uh, many different types of authors. Those are all wonderful tips, and I know that you have a system for all of them, <laughs> including your reading. I'm sure that your your system is, because you have a, a longer commute, this is when I get my reading time done. I love it. When it comes to your board, um, and you've talked about this before, that it's just such a, a powerful initiative that that you would recommend for everyone is to have, have a personal board. Um, 
I know you have systems for this. So how often do you meet and what is the structure of the meeting? When I first started, it was quarterly, actually. I, I needed it more quarterly um, because we were not only just building a, a relationship with each other, but we wanted to get that rhythm set. What, what ended up happening is t- as time developed, as time went on and our relationship grew, it was more likely that I could pick up the phone if there was one issue that one of them could help me out with. And in fact, I just did that a couple of days ago and, you know, had this issue I want to talk through with one of them. And it was the right person given their experience to be able to talk through that issue. And so the, the format that I typically use is uh, they they have a series of action items that they typically give me their suggestions. And because these are some really bright people uh, in the industry, I want to keep them and I want to show them that I take their suggestions seriously. So I have a running list of action items. Some of them have been, you know, like two years going, not because I'm lazy, but because these are like majorly uh, large objectives that take years to be able to implement and, and to be able to think about. So I just show them that I'm taking those seriously and I show them what, what kind of progress is being made on, on those. Some of them happen pretty quickly. Some of them are pretty long. And then usually I just give them a report on some of the major metrics of the company and you know, how we're doing on, you know, the different uh, vital funds of the company. And then I tee up kind of two big issues, one to two big issues that I that need to be addressed inside the company that I want to noodle through with them. And they get they get that information usually about a week in advance, so they can be thinking about it, they can be reading about it. I was amazed one time I recommended this book. Uh, I told them about this book that I was reading and how it was changing my thoughts on, on leadership. And one of them actually in between the week that I had put out my notes had read the book and come back with notes on what his thoughts were. So I thought that was pretty incredible. That's so helpful. When you break that stuff down, I think a number of us want to be better about the people that surround us. And we've heard of, you know, having a formalized board, but maybe some of us haven't. And just really helpful to hear the details of how you're doing that. So my next question is, when it comes to your greatest challenge today in driving higher level of employee engagement uh, at Bull and Ultrasonics, what comes to mind? We're, we're growing pretty rapidly. And so we've in the last four years, we've come pretty close to tripling our revenue and we've doubled our staff. And so what we found is, you know, these systems that we put in place start to buckle under pressure um, as you grow rapidly. So it starts to become about, you know, you bring people in and you maybe expedite them a little too quickly through training. And they don't quite get incorporated into the into the family as, as much as we'd like them to. And so that, I would say that's probably the biggest thing we're wrestling with right now is given rapid growth, and we've grown about 50% for the last, you know, revenue 50% the last two years. It's just breakneck speed to keep, to bring new people on board, to help them feel engaged. Well, we have some employees who have been here for 30 years, and we have the large majority of our employees now have been here for less than a year because they're, uh, because they're new and they're part of that growth. So I can't say that we have that figured out yet. We're we're actually now taking a step back from this now that we've come out of the, the major hires and trying to think, okay, well that didn't work well. Uh, what do we need to what do we need to do differently to make that better next time and to go back and make up for what we didn't do well? So we're we're asking those questions. And this would be an example of um, how you're identifying problems regularly and then coming together as a team and then creating new systems. So I bet the next time that you're on this podcast, we'll be hearing about your onboarding, your excellent onboarding <laughs> system. That you have. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and, and to your point, right, I mean, these, these issues were, were elevated inside of those systems that we 
created because, you know, because we have these cascading meetings that are here. You know, this was one that came up in the tactical meeting, right, is we had to thin a group off of that that went to go address these issues because it was becoming a, uh, an issue of lack of engagement that we were seeing with some of our new people. So we had to figure out how we we were going to address this inside of our organization. Tim, one more quick question. When it it comes to a fast-growing business and just lots of new faces throughout the organization and really wanting that family feel, any, you know, just thoughts or, or tactics that you're using to help build, like, friendships and relationships among people? Are there, you know, things that you put in the office to encourage some kind of break time or just interaction or um, offsite type things you do? That's one of my favorite things to talk about is, so, you know, baked into our orientation system is actually, uh, you know, for the first week, they don't do anything lunch wise. They have a lunch sponsor. So somebody from a relationship standpoint takes them out, shows them, you know, some of the restaurants that are local here, uh, gives a chance to obviously build relationships. But we have built into, you know, like right now I was I was walking around the shop just a few minutes ago and uh, we have a ping pong tournament that's going on. So we have a ping pong table. We have actually, I think the only indoor pickleball court, we actually have two of them inside of our company that our employees put together on their own. So I, I was in our fitness center and I was working out and I looked out and I saw two employees taping down on the floor and I kind of peeked my head. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, we're putting together this uh, pickleball court. And so I'd never heard of it before. And now we've got, you know, single tournament, double tournament. Uh, there's a group of people that go out and jog uh, during the day. And it's just a great way to foster collaboration and communication across multiple different disciplines in the organization. You know, it's uh, we, we're always doing all kinds of fun stuff like salsa contest and chili cook-off. You know, there's always all kinds of interesting things that are happening inside the company. Uh, biggest loser contest, who can lose the most weight. And I'm always just shocked because many of these things are employee-sponsored. So one of my favorite stories is I was looking out my window one day and, and I see this group of people that are out with wiffle balls and wiffle bats and I don't know exactly what they're doing. And when I... I went over to my HR manager and I asked her and she didn't know either. I just walked out and said, Hey, what's going on? And ended up that they're actually doing a wiffle ball home run derby to determine their draft league for the fantasy football league. And uh, I just love it when I see employee engagement that is built around trying to build, you know, collaboration, communication, relationship, and especially when it's employee uh, initiated. That's so cool. Sounds like you have a culture that is alive and well over at Bull and Ultrasonics. We're going to take just a quick break, hear from our sponsor, and then we're going to do what we call the lightning round, where we'll get to learn just a little bit more about you, Tim, as a, as a great leader and as individual. We'll be right back. Purple Inc.'s customized HR services will help you make your workspace joy-powered. Whether you're looking for help with recruiting, compliance, or leadership training, they listen to what you need and tailor their solutions to you. Check out purpleinkllc.com. That's purpleinkllc.com to find out how they can help your business. And look for the Joy Powered Workspace podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Tim. So this brings us to what we call the lightning round, where we get to learn just a little bit more about you. Just really quick answers to questions that just give us some insight on, you know, your favorite things and, and the way you're doing things in life. So my first question is, what is your favorite way to recharge? Yeah, I, I like to run. What is one key attribute that stands out that you hire for? I'm always looking for people that are humble. And it's, of course, one of our core values. Tim, whether someone wants to connect with you to learn more about some of these winning systems that you've developed or to get your complete reading list, how do they reach you? 
Yeah, so LinkedIn is a great place. So they could look me up on, on LinkedIn. And uh, they can also contact me through our website at bullentech.com. But uh, yeah, be happy to, to talk with anybody and you know, love to hear feedback too. All right. And thanks again, Tim, for such insightful information. You guys, this brings us to the truth you can act on section of Gut Plus Science, where I hope that you'll take a couple of key things back to your next executive team meeting or go talk with a peer about some new ideas to drive engagement in your organization or really propel the needle forward on bringing that culture to life that you've been striving for. So a couple things. Number one, dedicate time with a dedicated group of people to solve problems. So what this looks like is people in your organization that are dedicated to solving problems, get together regularly, bring problems to the table, and then work through a brainstorm of how to solution and create systems that are then implemented throughout the organization. The cool part about this is that you can then teach your employees why you have brought this system to the table. Here's the problem that we used to be seeing, and you can give real life examples, and now we're solving it through this particular system. Uh, really great to get adoption. Number two is routinely communicate and teach the foundational systems of your business. So routinely having times to get a refresh and inviting groups of people in to share the why behind the system, teach them the system, re-educate it, and repeat that regularly. So routinely communicating the system and teaching that is so important, not just during orientation or once a year. And number three, as a key leader, get visible in the teaching process around systems. So for example, being part of the new employee orientation and training systems there, um, or being part of your foundational trainings that you have and being as an executive, as a CEO, as a president, being part of that training process. Or for those of you that have remote and distributed workforces, having a stream of video training that goes out and being the deliverer on those trainings to tell why it is that we believe so strongly strongly in the system and the problems that it's solved, uh, and then being able to give step-by-step step on how to implement these things in the organization. So I hope you can take some of those, implement those in your organization, and we'll see you next time on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.